Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Does anybody want breakfast? Guys, let's go. I'm leaving for McDonald's in five seconds. Why do you start with that? The Breakfast Stampede Meal. It's only at McDonald's, where there's a meal for every morning. And nothing says morning like a classic sausage McMuffin with egg. Right now, get this all-time favorite for just two bucks on the one, two, three dollar menu. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This holiday season, it's all about the bedroom. And Casper's Black Friday sale has up to 30% off everything you need to make your bedroom your happy place. Only Casper mattresses are made with 86 supportive gel pods to align your spine and eliminate aches and pains. And Casper bed frames are made from the highest quality materials. Give the gift of a better bedroom. Save up to 30% during Casper's Black Friday sale on now at Casper.com. Terms and conditions apply. See Casper.com slash terms for more details. Hey guys, Perry here to tell you a little bit about Pluto TV. It's the leading free streaming television service where you can watch over 100 TV channels and thousands of movies on demand, all completely free. Pluto TV never asks for your credit card. You don't even need to sign up to watch for free. Pluto TV is the easiest and completely legal way to watch your favorite TV shows and hit movies for free. So what are you waiting for? Never pay for TV again by downloading Pluto TV. You can download Pluto TV for free on all of your favorite devices today, including your phone, your Roku, Amazon Fire TV, Apple TV, Smart TVs, PlayStation, and anywhere else you stream. Stay little Chico Pitbull, Mr. 305, better said Mr. Worldwide, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Does anybody want breakfast? Guys, let's go. I'm leaving for McDonald's in five seconds. Why do you start with that? The Breakfast Stampede Meal. It's only at McDonald's, where there's a meal for every morning. And nothing says morning like a classic sausage McMuffin with egg. Right now, get this all-time favorite for just two bucks on the one, two, three dollar menu. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Yes, right. I am. I've never seen Welcome back to Movie Talk. We've got a big story for you up top. A new poll suggesting how many subscribers Netflix could lose when it loses its Disney content. On top of that, James Gunn has finally spoken out about his firing and then rehiring on Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. A lot to discuss right there. I am your host, Perry Nemiroff, and I am so excited to be sharing this table with Jeff Snyder and John Rocha. Hey. You stop it. Let's have fun. They're faking right now because there was this adorable two shot happening. But can we cut back to that for a minute? That's super cute. Yeah. And now you guys lean in like you're looking at the same phone. It was so cute. 
See, they really like each other. (laughs) All right, let's dig into this first story now. There's a lot of facts to run through. So the reason we're talking about this is because... Facts, Perry. Facts, very loose. (laughs) There's a lot of information in this article that isn't necessarily going to be fact down the line from a Hollywood Reporter morning consult poll that was conducted among 2,201 people, adults specifically, from May 2nd to May 5th. It's important, I swear. Now, the points that this poll revealed to us was, one, 22% of the people polled said they'd cancel Netflix if Marvel Studios films were removed from the service. 20% said they're going to cancel if the Star Wars movies are removed. Then, in the age range of 18 to 29, those numbers wound up increasing to 30 35% over losing Marvel movies, 26% over losing Star Wars movies. Then on the TV side, it's also worth considering the fact that 14% said they'd cancel their Netflix subscription if The Office is going to go. And then 11% decided to cancel for Friends. Here is another. Actually, I want to give you two really big stats here. So this first one, if all Disney content such as the Star Wars films and all Marvel superhero movies such as Black Panther were removed from Netflix would you cancel your subscription that was one of the questions 28% of the people polled said yes and then on top of that in a scenario where Friends The Office all the Marvel movies all the Star Wars films they were all gone from Netflix 32% of Americans said they'd cancel Netflix while 57% said they'd keep it and 11% apparently had no opinion on the matter So you hear these numbers that you consider the amount of people polled here. Does it raise any serious red flags that when Disney Plus comes out, this could be the decline of Netflix? Yeah, I would say so. I mean, why not? You see, and we get this, you hear this news about these shows now not going on to Netflix or, you know, there was that big deal that just signed Warner Media for Friends to save it in December of last year. Was it 80 to 90 million that they signed to bring Friends? I had no idea people were this addicted to Friends and The Office. I think Parks and Recreation is a damn better show, but this is fascinating to look at this idea of them, of how many people would be willing to cancel the subscription. But I also understand it because it's $13 a month. If you're not getting what you want to see out of it and most people probably put on those movies or those shows as background stuff while they're doing stuff around the house at night then why would you pay for it and if disney coming along at seven dollars a month six ninety nine seventy or something like that for the year you take it and all these now these channels are coming around with all these different streaming services it's going to break it up will netflix be able to maintain this even with their eight billion dollar plus budget that they're using to get new content this is going to be an interesting sea change among streaming services i think doesn't worry me whatsoever. I don't think Netflix would be would be worried either. I mean, really, I know I'm not a comic book guy, but like, okay, if they took away all the Marvel and all the all the Star Wars movies, I've never used Netflix ever once to watch any of those movies. Yeah, you're the eleven percent. Okay, but let's say they take away. We're taking away all the Tarantino movies. We're taking away every crime movie, every thriller. There's still so much to enjoy on Netflix. You can get lost in it for hours. And when you just think of like. This is what you're paying per month, which is nine, ten, twelve, eleven dot, whatever it is. It's totally worth it. Like, in what universe would Netflix not be worth it? I mean, this is the cost of less than one movie ticket. Uh, so I just think that there's so much on that service for so many different kinds of people. I just don't buy into these kinds of polls. If you know, if, if polls were accurate, Hillary would be the president. Well, when you look at a poll like this, the one thing that I noticed right off the bat is how small the sample size was. Yeah, so that already raises some concerns in terms of just the results of this whole thing. Mm. 
but it is very difficult to take out of the equation right now the fact that Disney Plus is going to be a streaming juggernaut. And then on top of that, we also basically have the tides changing where for however long it has been, everybody's busy licensing out their content to streaming services like Netflix. And now all of a sudden they're realizing, oh, let's just create our own streaming service. So before we know it, even beyond Netflix and Disney, we're going to have so many other streaming services vying for our attention and for our dollar. They can't all survive. And then what's going to wind up happening is we're going to wind up in a vicious cycle where all those ones that can't survive, then they're going to start licensing out their content again. And it's just never going to end until the next big thing hits. I think you're right. Uh, You're going to see certain shows pulled from different services and everyone's going to retreat to their corners. But eventually those corners aren't going to make financial sense and everyone is going to have to meet back in the middle and there will be licensing and stuff. And you're not only just talking about movies or television. You look at sports stuff being licensed ESPN. ESPN Plus now is four ninety nine. DAZN is nine ninety nine a month or nineteen ninety nine a month. So they have. If you have an, if you're a consumer of media, it isn't just the streaming services from the studios. This is a vast. Even Criterion Channel has their own channel. Uh, so there's so much where you want to get your content. But I think the reason uh, this is an interesting poll because one of two things. One, you go okay. You can say this in a poll in a script, but when the moment comes mm-hmm. and they take from, right. will you really? Because I don't think it is about having to choose one or the other. I mean, maybe I I am in a better financial place than most people, but I really don't think that $7 is asking a lot Mm. for everything that you're going to get with Disney Plus, considering you're getting all the archives. It's not just the new stuff. So I I think people aren't going to really have a problem adding $7 to their monthly entertainment bill. I am very curious to see if Netflix winds up coming up with one of those things where it's like you you click click, uh, cancel and then and they say, well, if you stay with us, you'll get it at a reduced rate or mm. something like that. Because it might be a smart move to put something like that in place. And Richard uh, Leecha in the live chat actually brings up a good point. He wrote six or eight bucks at first. So yeah. I, I think I'm kind of with Richard on that. I think that the price point for Disney Plus we'll go was purposely placed there. Sure. So we all go, oh, so right. much cheaper than Netflix. Mm-hmm. And then within a year, especially when they give us so much original content, that price is going to go up. And that content is significantly more expensive than the ne- than the content that, that Netflix is uh, typically mm-hmm. producing. We should, add, we should talk about the second part of yes. this, obviously, the, the, the CW you want to talk so about. So later in the day, another story broke regarding Netflix's streaming options here. And this story came from Deadline, and that outlet is reporting that the CW Netflix deal will not be renewed. They're hearing that the three new CW shows, which are Batwoman, Nancy Drew, and the Riverdale spinoff Katie Keene, are being shopped for streaming deals individually now by their respective studios. As this uh, piece on Deadline explains, the deal among, uh, I'm sorry, the deal ending doesn't mean new CW series won't end up on Netflix, where CW CW shows have traditionally been among the strongest performers. The SVOD service just won't get them automatically via an output deal. Instead, it will have to bid for each show in a far more competitive environment. So that's the situation over there. When you add this onto those poll results, does it create even more concern 
important for Netflix's future or no? I, I think that the CW shows are important for Netflix mm. because they do have a younger audience uh, and that is that is coming to watch those kinds of shows. I, I understand it, it doesn't make sense to just renew it and, and, and have the CW funnel all its shows blindly into Netflix because Batwoman is going to end up on the Warner Media Service. Mm. Um, it would be interesting to see if Amazon really wanted to throw its weight into this and maybe take that you know make a big bid for the Katie Keene spinoff because it has all those Riverdale eyeballs like that's a set fan base that is invested in in this character or whatever so um, I, I think that it, it actually it, it matters uh, not to the extent that the MCU or Star Wars movies does but CW is a powerful brand on I think own. it absolutely matters but I think this is what we were talking on camera before we started this idea of a sea change possibility coming here this idea of well Initially, we did this in the past, but now that there are more streaming services, maybe it makes more financial sense for us to work out separate deals for every one of our shows, depending on where it goes and where we think it's going to get the most attention and the most love. And that puts a studio in an interesting position. Does it necessarily have to start its own streaming service or can it keep licensing out to different stu- different uh, uh, streaming services to get a better uh, I don't know, get a better return for them financially. Well, actually, to jump off of that, here's a great question from Rick Morris, who's asking, what are the steps to stop Netflix from losing subscriptions, a hit show or film or a ton of content? I, don't- I, I think it's about having something for everyone. I don't mm. know, know that they need that one big breakout movie, which, which are coming anyways, by mm-hmm. the way, um, or you know, a huge series. The, the, the best part of Netflix is the variety. Yeah, that's I would say like the same thing. That's what I'd like to see is wh- where are the numbers to show us what original Netflix content got people to subscribe to Netflix versus content that had already been created by other studios. I'd like to see those numbers to see what the future of Netflix would right, really be. Right, like when CBS drops The Twilight Zone or Hulu drops, uh, you know... One, or even Star Trek Discovery on CBS. Right, you, right, they always attribute all these sign-ups and stuff right. to one series. Netflix, you can't really do that, probably because they have so much stuff coming out mm-hmm. week after week after week. It's hard to say, well, you know, these people came just for this. Right. Well, I wonder if it might benefit them. So I definitely do think they're, the main thing they have going for them that some of these other companies don't is is the variety. Mm. And I mean, is the library also, if I'm being frank here. So yeah, this, this all might hurt them, but I think if they keep the variety up, but then on top of that, I keep trying to think about, so like way back when, when Netflix first hit, it was because it was kind of the first of its kind. So like, I don't, I don't really see a path where it could wind up in a place where it can maintain that just because there's so much else. And if every, if the library is being torn to shreds, if anything, maybe they should go and acquire like, like a shutter or something, mm-hmm. like beef up their horror library because that's yeah, that, lacking. That, that would be interesting. But think of all the executive power that Netflix has spent money on. Not to mention all the creators, Shonda Rhimes, Ryan Murphy. They haven't. Even, we're not even seeing their input. Yeah, yeah. I'm telling you, Netflix isn't going anywhere, and, and they really don't have to sweat Disney Plus. There is room for both of them. Just because the flip side just crossed my mind. So let's say we wind up in a future where. The library component and the endless supply of movies from other studios is not at Netflix's disposal, and they are largely relying on original content. Is there anything to be said with streamlining that content and maybe giving a little less so to kind of put that content in the spotlight more? Does that benefit them at all? Because I was just watching the series Dead to Me, which I think is fantastic, but I don't see anybody really talking about Mm -hmm. it, or at least not enough, and I have a feeling it's because there is just so much out there. It seems like certain original movies and shows are just getting buried. 
Yeah, I just think for I, the, yes, but I also yeah because the variety, and I think that's that's the thing you bring it up as a positive. I think the variety is a neg can work as a negative because there's too much. There is too much. I have stuff that I put in my queue three years ago that I haven't come close to, and I'm sure I'm not the only one. That so many people have so many things to get to. So you're right, Perry. You go to Netflix Originals, so you go oh, there's like 40 things you can go through, and you're like, well, which one do I select? I don't know. I don't have time. I'm it's, just going back to Friends. It's just because I keep thinking about maybe what Disney Plus is going to do, where it's almost going to feel like on a stream streaming service service it's like event show event movie and right. that's never really what netflix has felt like except mm-hmm. for maybe you know one of the standouts like, like things, bird box right. or stranger oh, things right. good point yeah. Yeah, yeah so i just wonder I, if maybe I a different avenue is better the reason you haven't gotten to those things in your queue is you've been busy watching other stuff proving that the variety of choice is a good thing yeah but, but other stuff not just on netflix though okay. amazon hulu uh, like I said, the sports stuff, even WWE, the network, the wrestling stuff. Like, there's so much out there, and then the British stuff is you're now a, streaming you're a man in America. Of varied interest, yeah, it's though, true. John, well, there's British know. stuff coming out now that you've got <laughs> streaming service on. So it, there's just a lot. All right, this is going to be an ongoing conversation, no doubt. So you can be sure when we get more updates, we're going to cover it here on Movie Talk. Before we move over to James Gunn's comments, we've got a little tease for some cool content you're getting right here on the Collider Video YouTube channel. Check it out. All right, listen. No, it's enough of this. You're going to watch the thing with me. just. Can we watch the thing together? I need you to both shut your mouths because here's a great thing that's going to happen. Uh, we're no longer going to talk about this because we, we're not here anyway. Uh, it is great. They've been great to us. We are moving. We are moving to our own channel, ladies and gentlemen. It is the Collider Live channel. Nice. Subscribe. Yeah, gotta, they got to subscribe to that channel. Subscribe to that channel. If you don't subscribe to the channel, you won't get the two-hour live no. show. You won't get the clips. Nope. You won't get the dips. You won't get the hips. And you Any won't find out who stinks. Please, please subscribe. And what else? <laughs> well, you, well can new, I come? You all can I, come. Make sure that you get there. Go on over to the channel, Collider Live. Subscribe to the Collider Live channel and catch up all the wackiness. We have our own mothership, and we're going to crashing into an iceberg. In addition to Collider Live, do not forget to check out our special FYC episode that went up today. It's available to you right now. We talked about Avengers Endgame's Oscar potential. All right, story number two. So we know what happened with James Gunn and Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. He was fired and then rehired. And all along the way, we haven't really heard very much from him until now. So he wound up doing an interview and it came from Deadline and he talks about what he was going through, what he he was thinking and all of that stuff and he had said I was writing Suicide Squad and thought of Guardians 3 as being long gone. He likened the situation and the feeling to the breakup of his marriage. They got divorced, but he still wanted to get along as well as possible because they were a big part of each other's lives. He continued, there were some problems and we just weren't supposed to be married, but it was well worth living that six years with my ex. I wanted to feel that way about Disney. So basically, Gunn wanted to feel comfortable saying goodbye. He also continued... So a part of that day was the worst of my life and a part of it was the greatest day of my life. The truth is I had a lot of anger at myself and I really had to try to put that aside. I needed to not be lashing out at whoever fired me or whoever spread links online or cut up pictures to look like this or that. I also had to let go of some of that rage towards myself as well. It's a little more we're going to get to, but right off the bat with these quotes here, does this change your impression of what you guys thought was going on behind the scenes between his firing and rehiring? You take this one. (laughs) I mean, listen, no, it, it doesn't really change anything. Disney had to fire him, like I have always said, because they they just had to. Like 
they really weren't left with any other option. But then as soon as he got hired by everybody else, mm-hmm. right, they're, they're probably like, wait, why do we do that again? Yeah. Did we did we really have to do that? Um, I'm glad that they hired him back. I'm glad that they came to their senses. He has obviously been very remorseful and apologetic. Um, and, and again, as someone who has lost jobs because of tweeting certain stuff, a lot of it is about my own anger. And those are issues that I deal with. And I'm sure James is dealing with in therapy as well. Um, we all deal with you. Yeah, like that—that's where this stuff comes from. You say something stupid on Twitter in, in the in the heat of the moment, and then it, you know it costs you a job or it defines your legacy. That—that's crazy to me, and I'm glad that that is not what is happening here in the case of James Gunn Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay, that's a great statement, but his words is what we want to talk about, and his words is what I kind of have a little bit of an issue with because it feels like he's going overboard to do the mea culpa. And look, I've been one of those people that didn't like James Gunn getting fired. I like that he's back on the property. He should have stayed on this whole thing. I like what he spoke about Sylvester Stallone and Chris Pratt, all these people coming out to his defense to Batista, Karen Gillan calling and crying with him about the situation. That, that's all positive and I love that. But the I took some time and I really looked at myself and I had to feel these things. And like I thought it was a little too much that he didn't need to it's, do. It's a very performative apology. That's what I mean. It's no a less. performative apology and if you're going to say you're more like Rocket than anybody else of the characters you've created, Rocket is a sarcastic SOB who does not give in to his emotions in certain moments and if that's who you connect to then who am I like I felt like it was a little too far but that being said we get a full story of what happened there were a lot of rumors that him and Alan that this had been negotiated from the beginning and there so it sounds right the fact that they never interviewed another director he get asked he gets he gets asked the movie's not coming though anytime soon so it was like why would they be interviewing another director what was curious to me is when he said the suicide squad like it was so easy to write it was the easiest I've written since Dawn of the Dead skipping over the Guardians of the Galaxy movies so I found he that said, to be fascinating I don't think I've had as much fun writing a script since maybe Dawn of the Dead referring right. to the suicide because he probably felt liberated because he had nothing to lose yeah. he'd already like, lost it from right. his point perspective point. going back to the specific words he used I actually appreciated that he kind of took a step forward and kind of wore his heart on his sleeve mm. because I don't know. It's kind of a lesson that just about everybody out there can benefit from proper anger management. And also not looking back at past failures as bad things that you should push completely out of your life, but rather something that you should take with you and learn from. And, and I don't know. The comparison to the divorce actually kind of, I mean, it obviously didn't hit home for me, but like I yeah. really got from an emotional perspective where he was coming from. And I appreciate that he doesn't just forget about things, but he lives and he learns from them, which is kind of reflective in Guardians of the Galaxy galaxy and how those characters grow too and with that in this particular interview he even used this as an opportunity to kind of tease what could be coming our way in guardians of the galaxy volume three because he said that one of the toughest things to kind of be removed from when he was fired is not being able to complete Rocket's story which is his favorite character the one he identifies with most and he had said in that part of the interview Rocket has an arc that started in the first movie, continued into the second, and goes through Infinity War and Endgame, and then I was set to really finish that arc in Guardians 3. That was a big loss to me, not being able to finish that story, though I was confronted by the fact that they were still... Oh, though I was uh, comforted by the fact that they were still planning to use my script, so... Given what he says about our Rocket's story kind of being completed, maybe, in Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy 3, what piece of Rocket's journey do you think we still need in order for him to, uh, I guess, go on a complete character arc I think here? he needs to confront the people who created him. 
That's what I think mm-hmm. is to go all the way back to stop them because maybe they've been creating other uh, creating other creatures just like him, grabbing creatures and putting them and, and turning them into what they turn him into because he has a little bit of a mini Wolverine situation in that he can't fully 100% remember who it was that created him, but he remembers the terrible feelings of, of transitioning into what he is now from what he was before. So I think that has to be something where he goes to find his birth, either how, who created him or his birth parents, which would be interesting as hell. I have always loved Rocket. Uh, I think he's a brilliant uh, creation and I love that he is sort of being positioned as almost like the lead of volume three here. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like we, we learned enough about Star-Lord and, and his parentage in, in that sequel and I feel like the Nebula Gamora stuff is already uh, played out at the end of Endgame. Right. So yeah, Rocket is sort of the natural uh, choice, I think. I kind of see a combination of what both of you said happening because that does seem to be like a, a plot mm. point or a character backstory point that you know, it's brought up many times and we've never really fully dug into it. But then, mm. especially given what happens in Endgame, I see him emerge, like even though we get that little uh, joke scene at the end with uh, with Chris Pratt and Chris Hemsworth about the two of them arguing who's yeah. leading, it feels like Rocket's kind of becoming like the most grounded rock of the group and he's mm-hmm. really kind of steering everybody in a better direction. So I wouldn't mind seeing like the union of both of those things happen and finish out his story that way. Mm-hmm. Um now, we want to save time for some live questions. And this first one we're going to hit now is from Solsk Jayer, 1999. I'm sorry if I mispronounced that. Favorite Black Mirror episodes, an entire mm-hmm. history of you, National Anthem, Shut Up and Dance, and White Christmas. I guess those are his or hers. So what are your favorite Black Mirror episodes? I'm going to blank on, on the <gasps> names, but uh, the one where like the, the organization is you know c- catches the kid masturbating in front of the webcam and then forces him to rob a bank Shut and stuff. Shut up and stuff. dance. That, I, I thought that was crazy. That was great. Hmm. I don't know the names of them. I know the Christmas special with John Hamm. That was fantastic. And White, I like White Christmas. White Christmas. And I like the one where the woman's soul goes into the electronic thing without her knowing it. So she becomes like a, a like just a, a, she becomes a robot herself, just living through her life and is lives this quiet solitude of pain inside that little whatever that is. That was one of my favorite ones. Yeah, there's there's a lot. I would need all the titles in front of me to remember them. Yeah. But I I was uh, excited by the the trailer. The oh, new the trailer, trailer was great. Looks great. I, I know oh, people fantastic. are disappointed. That there's only three episodes. Episodes, but it's like okay, mm-hmm. they could wait till December and do six episodes or wh- or whatever uh, right. that they typically do. But if you have them in the can, what, what's the point? Just mm-hmm. get them out there. Mm-hmm. I also like the opportunity to be able to like really focus and dissect every single episode. And even though I was happy there was more content last time around, I do like to you know sit and watch and rewatch because there's so many little Easter eggs hidden in right. every single yeah. episode. It feels like we didn't really get the chance to dig in. But I'm going with the entire history of you, which is the final sure. episode of the first season with Toby mm. Kebbell. I'm just, I'm fascinated by that technology and I think it might have popped up in one of the scenes in this trailer too, the thing with the eye that records everything. That was supposed mm-hmm. to be a movie too. Robert Downey Jr. was developing that as, as a feature. It never happened. Like a feature adaptation of that episode? Yeah, to wow. taking that idea. Mm-hmm. Hmm, all right. I would want to see that. Mm-hmm. But let's see these first three Black Mirror episodes first. Mackie! <laughs> All right, guys, that is all the time we have for you today. A huge thank you for joining us. Thank you, Jeff and Roca, for being on the set with me today. Adam in the booth, you are the best. Guys, keep an eye on this channel. We have so much content coming your way, including a new episode of Collider Movie Talk tomorrow. Before you go, like and share this episode. Tell everybody you know about the show on YouTube and also in podcast form as well. We cannot wait to see you tomorrow with more movie news.
little chico pitbull mr 305 better said mr worldwide and i'm here to tell you about my new podcast from negative to positive brought to you by my friends over at state farm i believe that to have success you got to play the game so that the game doesn't play you you know the biggest risk you take is not taking one it's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money especially when it comes to insurance state farm offers surprisingly great rates they have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage all this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Does anybody want breakfast? Guys, let's go. I'm leaving for McDonald's in five seconds. Why do you start with that? The Breakfast Stampede Meal. It's only at McDonald's, where there's a meal for every morning. And nothing says morning like a classic sausage McMuffin with egg. Right now, get this all-time favorite for just 2 bucks on the one 2 3 menu. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.